Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast, sponsored by Head Check Health. Head Check Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on Hedgeck to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HedgeckHealth.com for more. June is Brain Injury Awareness Month in Canada, and so throughout June, this podcast will be hosted by Cassandra and Miriam of the of my local Brain Injury, Brain Injury Association, the Newfoundland Labrador Brain Injury Association, NLBIA. So on today's episode, myself and my co-host Miriam, who you may remember from last year, are speaking with Jennifer, who's on Zoom, Nick, Carrie Lee, and Erica. With episode 157, you said? Yeah, 157. I don't really know if you, I'm thinking, I've tried to wait on things, though. I can't hear myself, really. Yeah, yeah, no, one, no, one can, no one can see you, Jennifer, so don't worry about it. It's all good. We can we can all hear you though. That's oh, great. You can't have nope. Jennifer on. No, well, she's on, but she's on Zoom. I don't know if we will. Don't worry about it. We don't no, need to no, see no, me no, today. We will see you, yeah, because it goes. That's great. Yeah, so, so those everybody's look at us. We're great. We're awesome. So what? So um, what are we here to talk about to, talk today, about, Nick? Oh, uh, just brain drain in general. So we I'll be most yeah. start off with the acronyms. I guess we'll just. Should we, with, should we start off with who, who has what? I think this all or, came about because one day we were around the table and we were just all throwing out yeah. like different acronyms and talking about it. And we we're like, you know what? We should kind of put this out there for people exactly. to hear. That's good. So then we kind of arranged to sit down and have a more of an informal chat about some of the acronyms that we were talking about. Um, myself, I'll start. Um, one of the acronyms that I uh, presented that day was an AVM, and that's what uh, caused my stroke. So an AVM is an arteriovenous malformation. It's a cluster of blood vessels that lay inside the brain, and with uh, high pressure, it can rupture. The vessels often have weak walls, 
Um, and and uh, for me, I was at the gym and that high pressure caused that AVM to rupture. So then that was uh, deemed a hemorrhagic stroke. Um, you had something a little bit similar, similar, but different. Yeah. Um, I, the, I have CCM, which is cerebral cavernous malformations and CCMs used to be called AVMs, but they figured out that now a CCM is a low flow blood and not a high flow and CCM is not arteries, it's veins. So, um, AVMs can be different, can aneurysms, can be bunches of blood vessels, can be arteries, can be veins, but CCMs are only low flow venous and they look like raspberries and they can explode like AVMs, but most of the time they leak. So people with CCMs, um, uh, like uh, Joyner, the runner, that's what she passed away from. Hers actually... Um, was very large and she had a very large and it was because of running yeah as well Jackie, you um, yes yeah well yeah and uh so ccm is is hard to see you can't really see them until you do a special mri and lots of times you go and and you're talking to your doctor and you ask for an mri but if you go and have a regular mri that most people have you won't necessarily pick up a ccm you'll pick up an avm or a DVA, which is a deep vein um, uh, DVT, DVT, yeah. deep vein thrombosis. Um, DVA is very similar, but DVA is associated with CCM most of the time. So, all these little letters, basically, um, AVM, CCM, DVT, DVA, it's all about blood vessels in the brain. And so, you were talking about the CCM as low blood flow. Yeah. Um, so, but it's more likely becoming a stroke because of a, a hemorrhagic or can the low blood flow create an ischemic stroke? No, not necessarily. Right. No, it's more so. Like it's hemorrhagic, hemorrhagic all the time. Yeah. And yeah, what's the difference between hemorrhagic and, and ischemic? Uh, hemorrhagic is like, area. is like when you have a rupture or bleed into the brain, whereas uh, an ischemic, it's like a blockage something that's going to stop the blood flow into the brain. So then the blood flow into the brain being stopped, stops oxygen from getting into the brain. And uh, a hemorrhagic is an excess amount of blood that leaks, uh, bleeds into the brain. Causes your brain to swell, which is not a good thing. Ischemic is, so, accounts for like 80, 85% yeah. percent of most strokes. So most people have ischemic strokes. They're a lot harder to recover from because once you uh, lose that oxygen into the brain, your cells die. Um, whereas with a hemorrhagic stroke, it's not a lack of oxygen. It's kind of just like a bleed into the brain that causes pressure against a lot of the, the brain tissue. But once the body absorbs that, you have a better chance of recovering after a hemorrhagic stroke. Right. The only thing about a hemorrhagic stroke is you can be stroking for a very long time mm -hmm. before you actually right. have really severe symptoms. Mm -hmm. uh, ischemic stroke, when you have a blockage, you know it right away. And that's maybe a good time uh, to talk about uh, fast. Ischemic, yeah. ischemic stroke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mine was ischemic. So uh, I um, dissected both vertebral arteries in the back of my neck through... Um, 
some form of whiplash. And then uh, one of the two clotted arteries over the course of about two and a half weeks uh, moved up to my cerebellum and I had a cerebellar stroke. Um, so I've learned a lot today on uh, on uh, the different types. What has what's happened to my brain with regards to tissue? Um, uh, yeah, so that's what happened with me. Um, any, but, any I think you want to share this? I don't have any acronyms. I, I awesome, just, uh, acronyms are not my friend. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> not my friend. Um, so I don't know where this fits in the acquired versus traumatic brain injury. I think we were talking about this before the recording started. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, had a accident, hurt my neck, the neck injury then caused the, the stroke. So what what would that be in our definition of acquired brain injury? I think, yeah. I think it's more of an acquired, It's uh, strokes are not considered a, a traumatic brain injury. Okay. Uh, yeah. From my understanding, it was definitely like a bit of a gray area in physio school. I remember thinking too, yeah. like, hmm, does this really make sense to me? I'm not sure. But what I was saying, it was like, where is it that I lie? Because an acquired is an event after birth, an acquired brain injury. Um, So an AVM was something I was told I was born with, but obviously it rupturing happened after birth so I was like I'm really confused about where I lie does it matter that I was born with it or is it just labeled like a stroke is an acquired so yeah it seems like there's a lot of gray area on the topic and I kind of I kind of found the whole I had to acquire brain injury every traumatic brain injury it's acquired brain injury but every acquired brain injury is not necessarily traumatic brain injury right and I had a traumatic brain injury so I you know very simply it's good Hit through my head, so <laughs> with my hel- helmet, if you make that point there, the, mm-hmm. the helmet on, but the helmet worked, but it didn't prevent the coma. Mm-hmm. But uh, it did work, or otherwise, I'd be dead. Um, so mine's just TBI, which is my macronym of choice. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's just, um, yeah. Sometimes you'll like, see like MTBI, so it'll yeah, be a mild traumatic. Yeah, like, yes, yeah. mine's been as I was just write down STI because so it's what I saw in the medical reports, but STI is not well used or recognized or just like MTBI is mild, even though it could be moderate, we'd think, but uh, right. probably like a, a uppercase M for moderate, mm-hmm. and I guess lowercase M for mild, mm-hmm. which is concussion. But uh, yeah, um, that's and I've I've told my story a lot of times about that, so I have the feeling I should really tell more. But I was like saying the history, the helmet, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so that and uh, uh, you had a question, Jennifer. I did have a question. Um, so I'm thinking about who would be listening to this talk, and I've had people come up to me, um in the last couple of weeks that have kind of expressed like, oh, I, I'm listening to the Concussion Talk podcast and I've learned quite a bit and I want to let you know this is the kind of um, situation I'm going through with my own uh, brain health. And so uh, the question I wanted to pose to the group um, was maybe to just describe a little bit, because I don't think some people even get to get to the point where they know what they have, um, mm-hmm. where they've had some kind of 
I'm going to call it a brain episode. Um, and they, through the, the checks and the balances or the diagnostics with their doctor, they haven't actually gotten to any kind of conclusive, right. this is what I have. So I wonder if we could, I mean, we can't diagnose people, but I wonder if we can speak to like some of the symptoms or things that, that yeah, came, sure. allowed us to get to the point where we got to some kind of uh, diagnosis totally. that would be helpful. And that becomes mm -hmm. really challenging to Jennifer for people, because even if the doctor is trying to investigate what some people are going through, um, a lot of the times it's if it's concussion related, it's really hard to diagnose because concussion doesn't show up on imaging. You no. send somebody for an image, it doesn't show anything. So a lot of the diagnosis of concussions co come from like, you know, knowing the symptoms and um, screening for concussion. It's a lot of like, you know, uh, assessments with your doctor or physiotherapist mm -hmm. yeah. and things like that, that will determine. And so sometimes I find it really challenging letting somebody know that they have a concussion because they just, they want some sort of test, some sort of image, some sort of diagnosis on a sheet of paper. And that becomes really challenging for, for people to connect with what's going on, not having that type of image or report that's like, hey, you have a concussion. It's it's more of like a, a subjective, objective type of uh, situation where you're assessing what's going on. And a lot of those um, concussion-like symptoms, um, headaches is big one. Some people who have like early stages or like a more severe concussion can have a lot of nausea and dizziness, a lot of disorientation, balance they can may feel sometimes like the room is moving like they're not like they're kind of on a boat or like things are spinning uh difficulty sleeping um and a lot of like uh emotional side of things too a lot of anxiety uh feeling down depressed and I always tell people who are patients of mine that that's not your fault and the reason being is because your brain is sitting in fluid and so when you have a whiplash effect and what I mean by that, your head having an, a fast, abrupt movement forward and back, that doesn't mean you have to hit your head to get a concussion. It just needs to move quickly forward and back. And so what happens if you think about, I always say, if you think about like something like a boat in water and the water's moving, the same thing is going to happen to your brain. It's going to slosh back and forth inside your skull and what happens is you hit the front and then you hit the back and at the front of the brain is your frontal lobe which is a lot of your emotional center so when the brain hits the front of the skull that's where you get a lot of those uh, emotional anxiety feeling down and depressed type of symptoms it's not your fault that's what happened um, and same thing with the back of the brain that's your occipital lobe and your balance center back there. So then when the brain sloshes back with the coop contra coop type of whiplash effect, when the brain hits the back of the skull, that's your balance and occipital lobe. So that's why things feel like you can't quite stabilize your surroundings. You might feel dizzy, off balance. That's because of the two locations of the brain that was hit from your skull. Like the impact, it's almost like a bruise type of impact and then the axons, because you're going forward so quickly, the axons in the brain, they shear. 
And you lose that type of signals that are trying to flow in those areas of the brain. I don't know if that makes sense. If I explain it in as layman terms as possible. But yeah, that's why you get those, a lot of those symptoms in the front and the back of the brain. Um, Now, again, you would think that when you hit those parts of the brain, it would show up in, in an image, but you don't because those axons that are in the brain are so small and you don't see those in MRIs and CTs that when they shear, you can't see that sheared axon. So doing a lot of like uh, specific exercises for concussion and following a lot of the concussion protocol and guidelines um, really help to re- allow your brain to rebuild those pathways and reconnect those signals in those areas of the brain doctors are much more aware now back in the day you got hit in the head and everyone just told you yeah okay you saw stars go on with your life doesn't matter continue they didn't really realize how serious a concussion could be totally yeah so now no go ahead Nick. Uh, especially when there's a a lot even like even smaller temple like your head struggling to hear me no, no, I'm, oh, I'm, okay. I'm just leaning in. Leaning back too much. I'm leaning back in my chair. But uh, when you, when you like, if there's a lot, you get a lot of other concussions or subconcussive blows. Like you get like the, uh, like Denver's talking about the, uh, like the axon tearing, sheathing, and so you can get that. best. you, you can't get that as much as subconcussive is because that's apparently a technical difference, even though they can't see it. But you know, it's a technical difference yeah. but there's like the melon there is like there's the release of this tau protein yeah. it's the whole thing tau protein the ct uh-huh. but you can get like that you really you know, the same thing as late onset dementia which is like alzheimer's oh well it's not like alzheimer's it's different but it's just it's lead similar type of things people think about um but that can lead to some if you get like these mini hits you can lead to build up of tau which replaces the melon which is protects your axons Mm-hmm. And uh, and that can that can lead to autism when you're older, when you're when you're when you're young, and that happens when you're like in your teens or twenties. That happens you're thinking, oh well, it doesn't matter. I'll be dead by I'm forty, you know. Right. But things about it, need to be getting older. Realize, because I can, I have a lot of life ahead of me, and yeah, and, uh, and this and to be like just not feeling not this way when I'm seventy or sixty or if I said it be fifty or forty, um. You're like you just realize that it's just that you really protect your really protect your brain and protect your your wherewithal to really know what's going on, don't really understand what's going on, and so um, yeah. So I was I interrupted early there. No, it's all good, Nick. And I like that you're talking about like neuroplasticity because that's really what makes a difference. We've got June month out there, and anybody who's coming into new brain injury or living with brain injury, you know, we're out there to be able to help people, to inform people, to see if we can make connections for them, that kind of thing. But um, people with brain injury, whether it be congenital at birth Mm -hmm. or traumatic or acquired, um, it is something that you have to think about with aging because Mm -hmm. your brain really is working overtime more than the general population anyway because you've got to make new pathways for your brain to function on a mm-hmm. daily basis. And those injuries people don't see. Mm-hmm. So you're living them, you're feeling them, yeah. you're, you're working, you're doing your everyday thing. Yeah. 
And it's not like a broken arm where people can actually see that you are not capable of picking up your coffee because your arm is broken or your wrist is broken. Totally. You, you can't work 40 hours a week or maybe you can, but then you're exhausted or you can't do five hours on the computer because you have to take a break every 15, 20 minutes right? because then you're useless the day after or yeah. that kind of thing. So oh, totally. keep our brains healthy. There's all kinds of little things that we can do that our our walk that happened on June 3rd. It happened, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you make a really good point because a lot of people that I help with concussion in the clinic, one of our um, interventions is um, allowing the patient to bring in any family members or closest who they're living yes. with so we can Support. all talk together about what this person's going through because mm-hmm. it's so hard for people who are not going through that to just not see what you're going through because it's what I like to call, and I don't think this is a technical term is the invisible deficit. Absolutely. It's all the, all the things you can't see. You can't Mm -hmm. see that somebody, like you said, wake up in the morning and they have double vision and you you don't see that. So one of the interventions in the clinic is like, I always say, please bring in a family member that you live with that Mm -hmm. is close with you. We can all talk about this together because I think education around the topic is so important with helping people who are going through it It to to get through it. And support Um, makes a difference. Big difference because people, especially people with concussion and a lot of brain injuries, you're so easily aggravated and it's just one of those symptoms. You're just so easily aggravated and when the family around you understand that, hey, it's not their fault yeah this is a part it's of what they're going through doesn't work quite right then, and they hear that from somebody else other <laughs> than the person that's going through it when they hear it from a professional then the support gets so much better so yeah. i think that it's really important if anybody's listening and you feel that this is what you're going through please send this podcast to the person that you're closest with so that they can hear that these symptoms are not your fault it's all a part of what you're going through mm-hmm. i like what uh what kelly and eric are both saying about the uh, invisible injury because i do have a lot of those invisible deficits but i was lucky lucky i guess my my brain injury was so so severe that there was no, there was, it was, it's obvious now, even, even now that I'm walking and when I couldn't walk in. So it's obvious that I had an injury. There was no ever, just never any disputing whether or not I had a pain injury because mm-hmm. I was in a coma. I mean, so much I can say do about that and I couldn't walk. So and I have double vision. They can, nobody, they can, nobody can see my double vision, my double vision or my speech. Difficulties, or if they didn't know me before, they wouldn't really necessarily know that I have speech difficulties. They think I just mumble or I say <laughs> my words. Or I'm it doesn't everything. stop you, Nick. It's exactly, all exactly. It does die now. Yeah, but uh, so it's just, it's just, it's, it feels like it feels weird to say it, but I'm kind of lucky that I had that I was really injured, that it was apparent that when I was the toughest time, but I was going through a lot of stuff with what I thought I am, but when I went through a lot, like more intense, more what's the word for? I forget the word for, but I guess intense will do. 
That's um, another thing. Forgetting words, having a conversation in oh the middle of the goodness. conversation. You're going, mm, oh, yeah. I was going to say something and I know what I'm going to say, but what's the word that I'm yeah. going to say? Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, yeah. So it's right there. But, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, as I was saying, but it's one of the more intense, which I still don't forget the word, but it's not, it's not, it's not a major, not like important word, but it's just a word, descriptive word. I think that I have trouble saying descriptive. Descriptive, descriptive, yeah, okay. Got Say it now. I got it now. <laughs> got to be sorted now. That one. Um, and uh, but yeah, but uh, I was lucky that I was like a single, but I was so when it was so intense when all this things were happening all at once and more of a shock me. There was never any doubt that I had a brain injury, so that I mm-hmm. got I got support that way. But mm-hmm, you know, like, sure. like mm-hmm. I was saying, it's good to have support for people who. We have symptoms, symptoms that are not necessarily can't see or the double vision or hearing or sensitivity to light or speech. Uh-huh. And people can't see that unless they're inside your head, which hopefully they're not. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, so, so I think it's like you're saying it's good to have somebody with somebody there to, to understand that you're going through this and that it's normal to do this, normal, normal after it. Injury, new normal, yeah, yeah, and I think it can go both ways when we say that you know there's a lot of invisible uh symptoms that people don't see, um, and they so that means they don't understand, but oftentimes, like you said, in the early stages when things might be a lot more acute and more pronounced. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, It's so easy too for the general public to... 
mm. for the general public to look at you and be like, oh, they have a physical deficit and sometimes then treat you like you have mm. a cognitive de- deficit. True. For instance, when I first had my stroke, and I know I've, I may have said this before, I started in a wheelchair, went to a walker, but the stages of being in a wheelchair, specifically with a walker, I found that when people visually saw me with a walker, they assumed I had a cognitive deficit that's as well. Right. That's yeah, I and, yeah. and then they would kind of like uh, baby talk to me yeah. as if I couldn't understand. And that was also very emotionally hurt as well. Just because I had these physical deficits, I didn't like that the assumption was there that I had a lot of the cognitive deficits as well that went along with it. So it's so easy when you don't go through these things to make a lot of the assumptions based on, okay, well, based on how they look and how they present Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. That's why education is so important. Uh Getting it out there, letting people know that the new normal is all good and everybody's new normal is different. And we all have to really just not give up and, and keep going forward and, you know, walking or swimming or sitting out in the sun or learning or doing a crossword or just something to keep your brain healthy mm-hmm. is really, totally. really important. And I found for me, I lost my bank of of, of my dictionary, my personal dictionary mm-hmm. of, of words. I went through speech therapy and you know, I had to rebuild a lot of that bank. Um, so, but I still stumble on a lot of words that um, I know, I know the meaning. I'm like, what is that word? Yeah. I know this. Yeah. I've said this before. Can't find it. But I've rebuilt a lot of my terminology simply through just reading. Mm-hmm. And once it's re-implanted, I can go back and get it. Mm-hmm. And I noticed when I started reading, then all those words were rebuilding again. Because I never had to look up the meaning of a word. I always like a little light. Yeah, the meanings are always still there. It's like I just can't find what that word is. Like, what is that word that attaches to that meaning? So when I was reading, I never really had to look up and be like, what that? What does that word mean? Mm -hmm. It just like it's like, oh, that's the word I was looking for three weeks ago. Yeah. You know, and then it's restored and it's there now. I know it. So it's just kind of restoring that information. And I know that's how it worked for me. So anybody who feels like they've lost a lot of their words, I would recommend picking up reading. It's just really good for a lot of um, brain injury, for like your eyes to follow the page, for for you to be thinking about, you know, what is it the, the page is saying to rebuild your bank of words. And oftentimes if you find reading overwhelming, just bring the level of the book down. Sometimes I've gone back to like what would have been primary school reading, very simple um, terms and words uh, to use and then build up from there. Like there's no shame in rebuilding your bank of words and your ability to read. Um, If you're overwhelmed with reading, Bring the the level down and that will rebuild quite quickly after. You also have like, I can't read because of double vision and issues mm-hmm. with focus mm-hmm. as well. And Ed being able to concentrate on a task for mm-hmm. a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So the whole reading thing, I love the idea, but I listen it's, to audiobooks. Yeah. 
right? So I, and, and I can't multitask as well, but I'll put in earphones and I'll listen to audiobooks maybe for 20 minutes, half an hour. Mm-hmm. And I might have to listen to that same part of the book a few yeah. times to actually get it. But I I was an avid reader yeah. and I love to read. Yeah. And because I can't do that right now, there's so many things out there that, that um, technology provides for people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and some people like to have their little uh, agenda where they write things down. I have my phone right now and I don't look at it very much, but I talk it mm-hmm. and it talks back to me. So I'll talk my text. I'll talk my meetings. I'll talk all my tasks. And then at the end of the day, I'll say, did I do my tasks? And I'll be told that most of them, maybe I didn't get to, but some of them I did. So it's like, it's really good right now. Well, it's not good to have a brain injury, but in the world we're in right now to have a brain injury right now, there's a lot of things out there that, that people can, can so. use. People can do. Tell the chief says this the You're out there. You're like, because we're we're all here. You're on Zoom, so you yeah. feels like you're kind of a part no, no, so, of so so No, you can tell she's taking yeah. it all. Yeah, there's everything all in, but like you're, the, you're more the, the host. Really the host. Oh, sorry. Uh, the the talk to text, um, uh, Carrie Lee, that you're mentioning was a game changer for me. I'm I haven't quite figured out how to use it effectively, but um, most times when I text, well, before, uh, like my left side is just kind yeah, of you, you, not... you showed me that. You yeah. showed me that. Yeah, the... so I, I swipe the text. And when you talk about that, that irritation that happens, like I find that my brain or like my thought patterns are moving faster than I can actually convey a text message. And that's how everyone wants to receive information now is through text. So um, yeah, that's certainly been a game changer for me because I, I have reverted back to just wanting to call everyone, which is like such a like, <laughs> this is not the way the world works. It you don't is call good though. Anymore. Calling is good. Yeah. No, but but like it allows you to just get the information out really quickly. Um, so I, I, I think that's part of like, it, the, the talk to text allows you to uh, like avoid possible frustration points. Mm-hmm. Um you know what I mean? Like totally. I feel that too because like I even still have some like um mm-hmm. dexterity fine motor uh, problems with my left hand and I find like to text um it just takes me so long to to mm-hmm. do it. And yeah, I find I do a lot of it with my left my right hand, but I'm trying to avoid favoring my right and so I still try to use it when I do text, but it seems like I've kind of just like stopped texting. And like, I'll call, um, or like my friends would be like, Erica, like you don't text me anymore or, or, and I'm just like, it's not that I don't want to, I care about you. It's just like, it's a frustrating part of my day. It takes so much longer. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much we're doing for time, but one of the things that you were talking about was bringing back like words into your your life and I think one of the things that has been really hard um and maybe we can talk about it is bringing back exercise um into one's life um because I know that you'll likely have all kinds of great things about what exercise does for brain health Mm -hmm. um but that's been probably one of the biggest challenges for me um like big time because like there's so much anxiety uh and trying to find the right people to 
to understand your problems enough that like to go with you on things. I don't even know how to explain it. What mm. type of exercise would you would have typically done? So I was like, I was into, into running and, um, I've, I've, I've foregone that entirely. Um, the same, you, uh, had a walk last year and that walk, um, heavily impacted my mental health in a positive way to the point where I would attribute it to me being here talking to you now, because I was just very in a funky mental state. Um, but they encouraged you in their walk to walk for, um, 30 minutes a day, uh, for the month of July. And so that was, that was huge. It's, it's allowed me to think about other, um, physical activities I could do. That's not running. I haven't been told that I can't run, but it's just, it gives me anxiety. <laughs> so much anxiety. Like our, yeah. our walk on Saturday was, was great. Yeah, it was got, great. Well, it was. It was another one. What a day, dude! It was so sunny. I mean, it's just, it's just the start. I feel like this is going to be the start of my walking season again. I, I found getting back to exercise hard too, and I found like a lot of it for me. Yes, there were physical barriers, but I think I had a lot more like uh, emotional barriers. Um, I like I said before, I was a dancer and I would go to the gym and stuff like that. And I always told myself, well, if I can't do it the way I did before, or I'm not as good at it like I was before, then I'm not even going to try. Um, and that was a hard type of mindset to break because it got to a point, especially for dancing where I didn't realize how much I love something until the ability to do it was taken from me. Um, so then I was like, okay, well, why am I being like this? Like, I'm sure I could do something. So I started back by doing like small portions of the class. And then I started to realize even doing small portions of the class, say the first 15, 20 minutes, I started to realize, oh my God, like this is actually helping me. Now I can do 30 minutes. Now I can do 45 minutes. And like those small wins were allowing me to realize I, I think I can get back to doing <laughs> what I used to do. Um, but I'm not going to unless I try and I had to accept that I I'm I'm going to be okay with just trying a small bit. I had to kind of bite or swallow my pride really with hard. wanting wanting yeah. to be what I used to be now, but the only way I'm going to get there is if by making small steps. And so that's how I started back and I can't say I'm back to doing the exercises and the activities that I um that I did previously a hundred percent, but I do think I'm at least back to like 70%. But trying when I first started to try, I would have probably said I started at like 10% of what I used to do. Um, and I just had to build it from there. And to, and it, uh, honestly doing that taught me a lot about patience, how to deal with my frustrations. Like, and so it was, it was more positive than I realized trying small steps um, it, it allowed me to cope with a lot of the things that I was dealing with anyway on a daily basis and helping me get back to what would have been my goal. That's great. And yeah. that's where support comes in too. Yeah. Because the, the funk that you talked about, I'm sure everybody has experienced it. Anyone with any kind of brain injury, there's going to be a point where 
you actually do kind of accept that this new normal is actually the new normal. And it's hard to to say, okay, this is what I used to be, but now, okay, I'm here and I have to accept it. And I have to do things on this plane of existence where I am right now. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, starting a little bit at a time. Like, again, yeah. you, you're you a dancer. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I'm, I never was. But yoga for me was really important. And then it took many, many years for me to get back to it. Um, but I chair yoga started there and then mm-hmm. went to floor. And then even, um, you know, just just movement for yeah. a lot of people, just to start with movement, sitting, movement, moving legs, moving arms, mm-hmm. and then that support. So when you realize you, you can do those things, yeah. your confidence builds to yeah. try the next step. That's it. It's you true. know, it's so true. It's, it's reassurance yeah. that I, I can do this yeah. and I can try um, to go a little bit further with. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just lose the confidence. And sometimes for me too, it was like always looking at the light at the end of the tunnel. I was like, when is, when is this going to go away? When am I going to get back to my 100%? I was always looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. And every day that passed, I was just disappointed because I wasn't there yet. And then I had to lose sight of that. I was like, okay, I need to accept that there's a very good chance I'm not going to get to the light at the end of the tunnel here. I may get to 80% or I make it so far, but I'm, I had to accept that I'm not going to be the hundred percent person that I was before. In fact, I probably think of everything I've learned, despite my deficits, I'm probably, I feel emotionally and what I've gone through, I'm so much more, but that's a mindset thing. You know, I feel like, you know, if you lose the, the, the end goal and break it down into like smaller, smaller, smaller sub goals, every sub goal you achieve, it's a win. It's a positive a reassurance that I could do this. I can, I can go further. And then you, you do go further and you take it to the next sub goal. And then that's a win and it feels good. And you take it to the next sub goal. So then you're constantly in this more positive mindset of like, I I can make progress here rather than the mindset of, you know, I I don't want to do anything. I'm never going to get to that hundred percent, you know? And I do think it comes down to how you, how you think about getting through your progress. That kind of leads me as well. I'll ask Denver if you want to say anything, but I'll just finish up. No, don't take it. Say no. So we can see, say it so everyone can see you because I'm I'm good. Yeah, that answered my question. Thanks, Nick. So people can't see you unless you say something. So for uh, this for people on YouTube, for people listening, then, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, but I was going to say, like, Eric was saying, reminds a lot of the end, but and what Kelly was saying before that, except for the movement part, but med- mindfulness meditation is where I, yeah. well, oh, I think it's been really, really important to me. Very good. And it's not, it's not like, it's not exercise, but it's like, it's a, uh, Oh, I do not not just not like being happy where you are. That's not really the point. Point is just accepting acceptance, acceptance, accepting, and then just yeah, being a being not even being any, just existing, just knowing that there's like a and saying knowing and being and like accepting is all actions. But you're not you're just just observing yourself and the world and how this is. Everyone is just like it's just together. Like this means. Say it means nothing, but 
It almost it almost does, but it doesn't. Isn't the meaning is you get to the higher points, which I'm not at yet, but apparently meaningless means nothing but a word means nothing. But like I'm not there yet, but like it's but it, you can just like and then when you're talking like this, like you just kind of save stuff that's just fun to say. It doesn't mean anything, but uh, yeah, my but is that my but it's, it's huge. Just knowing, yeah, knowing that it's all, it's it's basically it's, it's all good. It's all fine. Like it is what it is. It's like the simple. It's more of the mindfulness kind of unspoken mantra of mindfulness. It is what it is. But it's kind of like, so again, I just made that up too. So you know, like maybe maybe like Sam Harrison will hit me to test on that, but uh, don't they? Because I don't really know who I am, but. If they knew it was, they would then someone would say he shouldn't say that. That's stupid. But no. anyway, but I'll get her to defend me. Um, <laughs> and uh I think I think that's probably what times now it's like almost just making go perfect. And Sandra Miriam can send us out if you want to. No, and I think it's really good that you're sitting in because you guys work with a lot of people in like the ABLE yeah. program. Yeah. yeah. So you really can get our perspective and kind of understand how, you know, a lot of the people may feel that you're working with. So I think it's really good education for you guys yeah. to know, you know, and a lot of this. No TBI, the TBI as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. And having something like this would have been so helpful when I was going through that experience because I felt so isolated and so alone. Mm -hmm. So having a resource such as this is going to be helpful for mm -hmm. so, so many people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we're not doctors, but we yeah. are out there and with so many years and education yeah. and all this stuff, there's there's a lot of things that that we kind of picked up on and learned along the way that we can share with other people that they can then bring to their medical professional right. and say, okay, you know, this is what is going on. Because uh -huh. again, like I met someone with an aneurysm and he, yeah. they had no idea where exactly it was in their brain, what size it was, uh, what kind of aneurysm it was. And because they didn't ask those questions, they obviously weren't told. Yeah. But you, sometimes it's you just don't know what to ask. Right, exactly. Right? You can't exactly. articulate exactly what you're trying to get answers yeah. to if you don't know what type of questions to ask. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the NLBIA are out there. Yeah, <laughs> and that's Miriam and Cassandra and and all of us board members. But uh, Miriam, Cassandra, you just want to just put us up, send us out, and then Jennifer say say bye or something so people on YouTube can see you again. Sure. Well, uh, I wanted to thank everyone for uh, letting me join in on this conversation. I've learned a lot, so I'm sure that our audience will have learned a lot of this as well. So thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank thanks you. for joining us. <laughs> yes, and good luck in your class. But, thanks. Uh, and uh, yeah, from Maryland, Sandra. Yeah, so like Carrie Lee was saying, the NLBIA is here. So if anyone wants to reach out, please feel free to do so. You can email us at info at nlbia.ca. You can find us online at www.nlbia.ca, or you can follow us on social media. We're NL Brain Injury Association on Facebook, as well as at NL Brain Injury Association on Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.